1: Bakers, fresh for everyone.
0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show featuring Jason Zuck. Jason has been an intuitive psychic medium since 2004. This show will cover a variety of topics relating to spirituality, mediumship, self-improvement, and intuitive guidance. Whatever interests you, remember that we are all here to share and learn sit back, and get ready to socialize with The Social Psychic. Hello, and welcome to The Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's with great pleasure that we have special guest, Denise Alexander-Pyle, this evening. Denise has been practicing law for more than 40 years. And she's she practiced law as a successful attorney in Birmingham, Michigan, a suburb of Detroit. And she has taken her experiences and her life path from her legal practice to embark on her most recent book, *The Power of One*, with uh, a parenthesis and a zero. We'll get into that during the show itself. What's exciting for me about this book and having Denise featured today is that. You have the Ten Commandments themselves, and most of us are familiar with the concepts within the Ten Commandments, taking those commandments and then applying them to modern times. That's one of the things that I really enjoyed reading about Denise's recent book. It's a guide to living the Ten Commandments in our day and age. And um, the zero, if you look at it, it's a zero with parentheses. It's that way because Denise believes in without the Ten Commandments, we still have the Golden Rule, which guides us and provides the underlying principle for all that we do. Denise's premise is that if we peel back the layers like an onion and deeply understand the meaning of each of the Ten Commandments on multiple levels, we would truly recognize just how vital it is for us to adhere to them as our basic rules of the road for peaceful coexistence and survival on this planet just as true today as it was in biblical times. It's with great pleasure that I have the, pl- the opportunity of introducing Denise Alexander-Pyle.
0: Hi, Jason, Denise. Welcome. Thank
1: you for having me. Thank you. Welcome to the show. We are live at the moment, and I know we had a little technical difficulty. Luckily, that happened before the show started. But uh, I want I to wanted just, I, I, I gave a brief intro of what you have done with this, literary work. And I really want to get the opportunity of asking you, as our initial question, what motivated you? Well, I looked
0: around me and I really see the moral crisis of the world. And, you know, it's how do you tell right from wrong today when you can Google anything and find a position to support it? We needed something that really, all right, go back to the universal truth. What are we supposed to be doing? What are the rules for the road? And they were given to me over the course of my lifetime. I just finally sat down at a computer, and uh, it was basically channeled as a message. It sounded like a long sermon
1: uh, initially. I, I've, had, uh, I've actually had other guests on the show recently in the last couple of months that indicated that part of their, their muse was channeling information for their works as well. And I guess one of the questions I'd have is, do you know who you were or what source you were able to channel the information as the basis of your, of your book itself.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny. You should say that I didn't think about it, but I just, the name Ezekiel just came up to me. Okay. Okay. And I, and the reason it's a weird thing because, um, you know, Gabriel is a messenger of, me, you know, is, is a spirit guide for me now, but in terms of message, but you know, I've had different spirit guides through time and, um, you know, but who knows? I, mean, I can't say for sure. I sat at the computer in 2010 over the course of four weekends, and then the book, it took a long time till I actually was able to edit it and make it in a form that would be enjoyable to read. And that sounded like I'm, somebody was preaching.
1: Excellent. I uh, I want to tell our audience that you and I had the benefit of a phone call before this, and we both are attorneys, but we also have the fact that we share uh, metaphysical concepts and spirituality on certain levels. And I think that makes it refreshing for tonight's show, having those backgrounds that we both share ourselves. I um, want to ask you in particular, in terms of this particular work that you prepared, in your background itself, I know that you taught Sunday school in the 90s and that uh, you're like, you, you refer to yourself as a New Age Jew, if I'm correct based on our conversation. A new way,
0: Jew. I have Christianity oh, new in there. The way is new way. It's Christ new consciousness. Way, it's new age, Christ consciousness, and my Jewish upbringing all rolled into one. And it works because my the Kabbalah, which we'll talk about, it's a metaphysical uh, structure of the universe based on ancient Jewish teaching. So.
1: And that, I find that stuff all very fascinating for myself. I think that once you are opened, um, you know, referring to woke, Once you understand that we're part of a larger construct, it's not just about the individual, but it's about the collective, uh, that we're all part of the, I call it the same fabric. Um, That to me reflects the understanding of our importance and our our role in each other's lives. Um, Looking at, go ahead, if you're gonna say something.
0: I was gonna say, I use fabric too. I say we're all vibrant um, threads that are woven together to create the fabric of the universe. And so individually we want our thread to, you know, um, to shine. And, but yet it makes the tapestry something special. And that's how we fit together.
1: Well, and from my vantage point, looking at what you wrote. And when I, when I went through this, I, I, you know, when you read certain books, there are times that you can really connect with what's being presented to you. And there's other times where you have to really like take a step back and say, okay, what is this author getting at and do I understand it? With your book, I didn't have that at all. I felt like I got that the entire time in terms of, um, of everything. I really did feel like I got what you were saying, the message that you were sending, and I just thought it was fascinating. Um, in terms of what motivated you to write this book, what specific thing in your background culminated to get you to actually prepare – the power of one. Um,
0: it, I think it's just I'm a problem solver, and you know, if you take the legal aspect, you take the spiritual aspect, you see, you know, I I can I saw it, and it just was a question of putting it down and trying to create a guide for people that everybody could follow and say this makes sense. That would bring us together and not divide us. It's and. Yeah, you know, but it took a long time. It took a long time to actually get back and edit it once I wrote it. You know, it was just it was just percolating from the time I taught Sunday school. I would see it. I would see it if there was a um, problem in, the, in our country. I would see how, gee, if the Ten Commandments were actually followed, this problem could, would be solved. And I, and we're getting, people are are really disenfranchised and they're looking for things to bring us together, but they're also looking to find their own pathway. And the pathway is there. I studied Kabbalah too in 2000 and 2001. So again, I saw this, how it all fit together. It's just the way my mind works, I guess. But it's, you know, it's quantum, it's all quantum physics. Science is going to explain God. God already knows what science is or the universe or whatever.
1: Well, I always, I always say that when it comes, for example, me being a medium, I tell people that at some point in the future, there's gonna be some type of technology that can kind of explain the whole life after death thing better with energy. That's just my personal belief. That science is gonna help connect the two better between spirituality, religion, and who we are and our purpose. I feel like that's all gonna be to tied together. Are,
0: we all have receptive capabilities. Everything is out at the universe at one time. It's how um, how attuned our receptors are. A good example is in the eighteen late eighteen hundreds, automobiles were invented by different scientists in different parts of the world when they didn't have the communication to know what each other was doing. But the, that particular invention was in the in the atmosphere, and those who could pick it up, whose brains thought in those wavelengths, were able to create it. It's all there at different times. And, it, and those who are willing to attune their thought processes are going to receive more information.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I wanted to start off, too, by um, asking you to explain the, the motivation of your title. What motivated you to call this The Power of Ten?
0: Well, it's actually The Power of Ten, and I confuse
1: people. Okay.
0: But I put, I saw it the power of ten with the zero in parentheses so that even without the Ten Commandments, the golden rule was there to guide you. In other words, you know, the Ten Commandments can be drilled down and we can take the layers, we can understand how they apply both energetically and physically. But if we live in the principle of love, if we do unto others, as um, we would like that unto ourselves and wish, but the key to that is learning how you deserve to be, be treated, because people don't honor themselves to follow that rule properly, and this book helps you to do that as well. But if you did that, everything else is going to fall into place anyways. If we live with love and service and gratitude, we're going to do the right things anyway, but the Ten Commandments actually really gives you all the fundamentals so you can see how it applies in every aspect of your life. So at the end of the day, you're living the best life you can be and you find joy and contentment.
1: And it's it's about living the best version of who we are, I believe, as well. That's yeah, I one know. of those things we touched upon.
0: Yep. You become the best version of ourselves in this lifetime. And that's what we're all here to do because we're given a gift. Life is a gift and life is short. So we need to find a way to make the best experience possible. Because it's the imprint we leave on our soul when our body turns back to dust and we go back to light. But we're leaving a cosmic imprint in the universe because energy does not get destroyed. It changes form. And we affect the fabric of the universe when we put all these wonderful experiences into our soul.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Tell me... I like that you talked about Kabbalah and then you, you incorporate the different concepts here. One of the things I want to ask you about is the urgency of your book in our modern society. Can you tell us a little about what motivated you to prepare this and do you feel there's a sense of urgency with trying to have the message that's contained within this book shared with the masses?
0: Right. Are you kidding? I mean, all you have to do is turn on the TV. Our world is so out of balance. It's so divided. Um, You can turn into any social media page, and you can see that the discourse is terrible. There's no attempt to find or use common sense and common ground. It's all about divide and conquer for the benefit of fewer and fewer when I believe so much in just compassionate common sense and the we this is about turning the light on. I used to say, you know i'm a light worker i'm here to as a sparkler to kind of get things you know along with all the light workers, and there's millions of them on the planet. We all have to be arsonists today. I mean literally, you know the dark is so dark that the light has to be that much brighter so we can send the darkness scurrying away and the- and when I say darkness we 're all a combination of light and dark it's choosing to do good and do the things that evolve us to our highest self and therefore the planet. There's a limited amount of physical resources. Light is infinite, but the things we need on this planet to experience is very limited. And if other souls are going to follow us and be able to share the experience, we have to be stewards. And I think, again, the Ten Commandments, particularly the last five commandments, are how we steward the planet.
1: Definitely, it's not just our planet. It's we're 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 a part of it, and it and it passes be, you know beyond our lifetime. We're supposed to maintain it beyond our small footprint here. Everything
0: on life is borrowed. If if you start, if people think we buy, we're here, we can't take anything physical with us. It's all borrowed, and therefore. We have to take care of it so that it's like a book in the library. You know, you borrow, you check it out, you read it, and you take it back so the next person can read it. Um, you know, and we're here, but we're kind of destroying the book, and in many instances, just keeping it for ourselves and not worrying about it. And that's Definitely. you know that's contrary to the laws of the Ten Commandments in the universe. The more you give, actually, the more you give, the more you get back. But people don't realize they're so afraid of not enough that they keep trying to fill their soul with all the wrong things.
1: Tell me about your interpretation and how this ties into your work in terms of your explanation of it and and the power of 10, the tree of knowledge and how you apply that to your book and your concept.
0: Well, it's the Kabbalah, the tree of life. Um, The Ten Commandments actually has been referred to as the Tree of Life, and the, the Kabbalah, for your listeners who may not know, is an ancient Jewish wisdom that explains the eternal laws of how spiritual energy moves through the cosmos. In short, it's quantum physics. The Tree of Life is a depiction of how the structure progresses from the heavens until it reaches earth um, with attributes. So you start with the divine attributes until you get to the most earthly attributes. And I saw the correlation that each of the 10 spur out on the tree of life or the spheres that represent an attribute actually correspond with each of the 10 commandments. And they go from the highest realm to the lowest realm. And there are, and they correlate with one another, so my book is not about Kabbalah, but it has an overview just to, as a theme to apply the attribute of the tree of life to that commandment and it and basically there's you know it's I saw the spiritual connection be, as you went through the tree, and if you think of it, you know we're here we spread our branches so, as a tree, and we nurture um, you know with the knowledge that grows forth from that tree and we get rooted into the earth, but, you know, it goes up and down. It goes in both directions.
1: You know, it's interesting as I'm looking at your book here on page, I guess that's 22 of the introduction area. You say here, mm-hmm. our, journey, our journey on this planet is represented by our ascension up the tree with our spine depicting, depicting the trunk along which the most vital fluids or energies flow. And I, I think that kind of ties into what you're saying right now, and I, I really like that analogy a lot.
0: And that's what it is. I write, it's much better worded in the book when I when I was channelled and writing it than you know to describe it. Um, but it, that's exactly what it is. And we, go, you know, it's the flow up and down, and the Ten Commandments flow up and down. They're all interrelated, and as you evolve. When you study Kabbalah, which I did, you study each, um, each out separately and you incorporate that attribute into your day-to-day life and concentrate on it. And that's what I try to do with each of the Ten Commandments, incorporate it so, it's, so that you see how it applies in your day-to-day life. Because, you know, people think of it, oh, these, these ancient tablets, and they're, you know, all right, they're very, you know, Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou, shalt... but okay, yeah, you know, they're laws, but they apply metaphysically, energetically, spiritually, and when you understand it, I mean, it it answers everything people are looking to know. They're universal truths. They were given to us for a reason, and not just to look at them, you know, as these are the laws for your people. It was they applied. Yeah, you know, how we how we eat our food, how we take care of our food. You can you can understand why do we say a prayer to food, uh, or you know pray and give a blessing when we go to eat it? Because life was sacrificed to nurture our soul. So energetically, you want to put that kind of um, blessing into the food you're taking. The laws for killing animals in the Old Testament um, weren't just done you know um, for cleanliness, but if energetically you're killing an animal, you don't want it to experience fear because so, you don't want that fear coming into your body. So it was killed instantaneously. Right. So it's energetic. These things apply on energetic levels so that we are not absorbing the negativity, so that we respect what's sacrificed for our existence here on the planet, and we honor it, we enjoy it, and we keep balance. It's all about balance. It's all about we're, we're a combination of light and dark. We're all, you know, we're, we're, but we have to choose light. How do we always choose to be the best we can be? Well, that goes back to the golden rule. If you choose out of love, you're going to pick the right choice, and you're going to continue to evolve so that you stay in the highest version of yourself.
1: I like that but as well. we have well. a lot of
0: greed and ego. We got a lot of greed and ego on this planet. That's the dark side, is the greed and ego. And that's what's right now so out of balance in the planet. Back to urgency.
1: It, it, we really do need a course correction at some point in the future. And I think that starts from the individual and within and how you view the world through your actions and your beliefs and looking at karma. And I know that that's a concept that I, I believe very powerfully in. And I know that it's, Me- I believe, go ahead.
0: Me too. I was just going to say me too.
1: Oh, you too. Yeah. And no, I was going to say, you call it a universal truth, um, that karma is something that you want to, I, 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 I've had conversations with this, uh, with when I go out to a bar, sometimes, you know, you have random conversations when you're out socializing and sometimes right? with my friends will talk about karma and it's interconnectedness with everything that we have in our lives. And, uh, one of my friends postulated that you should try to seek to have neutral karma and, um, I, I always say that the best thing in my mind is if I leave this earth and I've created positive karma and done as good for others as possible, then I will be satisfied with my time here. Um, we're here uh, unfor- to make it
0: better. and Yeah, exactly. And we're here to make it better. And so the question is for me with karma, when I was an undergrad, um, and it's the only lesson I can actually remember from undergrad that stuck with me as a life lesson, a professor wrote on the book, T-A-N-S-T-A-A-F-L, the, and it's canstaffel. There ain't no such thing as a free lunch. That's <laughs> really karma in a sense because every, everything is an exchange of energy. So, And everything for every action, there is a reaction. Everything has a price associated with it. So you have to understand you, you, it's all about paying it forward. And that's Definitely. really what karma is. It's really, you know, can't staffle in so many respects. Everything has a price, so you want to pay it forward out of love, and you get more back. Yeah, you know, I talk about the magnificent obsession in, in that chapter, too, in the book, about um, there was a great movie, and the principle of the book was that the things you put out there without any expectation, but just as gifting to make things better, for some reason, it's like you're planting seeds in the universe. It always comes back in a greater quantity.
1: Absolutely. You know, um, have you had one of those situations where you go to a drive-through, like Dunkin' Donuts? I had this happen to me, and it was, it was really int- intriguing. I uh, ordered my food, and I got up to the window, and they're like, "Oh, the person in front of you paid for you already." And I was like, "Wow, that's amazing." You know, that little, it was not a little gesture. It was a, a incredible gesture. But that particular situation set my whole day on a very positive path because someone who I didn't know decided to pay it forward and give me that opportunity. And I was like, wow, that, that made me more motivated to wanna to do the same as well. And it's, it's, it's a great feeling when you, can, when you can do that. If you start
0: your day with how many kindnesses can I do today? It's amazing how many life changes because you don't know what's going on in someone's life. Sometimes a smile, um, a compliment for when somebody's not feeling bad. And when I consciously do that, I'm always amazed at the hug I get back. Somebody says, you have no idea what you just shifted in me today. I was feeling this or whatever, how much I needed it. And it just, it changes you, you know, because it's, you know, it's people need those, what I call a hug is is an exchange of positive energy. People really need hugs. However you put Absolutely. them
1: out there. The, I'm trying to think. it. I don't know the person's name. One of the things I found pretty incredible is there's a person in India where she just gives loving hugs to people and she, people come out in masses to meet her and she literally just gives unconditional love and hugs anybody who, who wants that. And I think the act of a love, the act of a hug can truly, Uh, a lot within somebody's soul and spirit.
0: Well, and that's what the first commandment is really about. Unconditional love at the end of the day, I am the Lord, your God, you know, we are all of source. um, And God created us in, in, or source in, in his or her image. And therefore, if I'm part of God and you're part of God, we're all part of the fabric of God. And therefore we, we have to love God, Love your you know, love yourself and love your neighbor. That's really the Trinity. And if you start with that, well, if you love yourself back to self help in the in the power of ten, you treat your body as a temple. You honor it, you treat it well, you take care of it. This is where your brain and your heart reside and you make it the best you can be, and you do things to honor it, because then if you're honoring it, now you know how you want to be treated, and that's how you
1: treat other people. Definitely. One of the things I want to ask you about when I was looking at your book, you mentioned the hundredth monkey effect, and I was going to see if you could share that with our audience because that was something I found that was interesting that you talked about.
0: I, I, years ago, I read a book called The Hundredth Monkey,
1: and the premise of The Hundredth Monkey, um,
0: which started the book, which was a metaphysical book, was basically if a monkey, a monkey dropped a banana. In the water and washed it off, and had ate it and realized it tasted better, and started doing it. And some of the other monkeys started copying the act, the action. And then after a hundred monkeys started doing it, it became just um, in be- embedded in the species. It became a habit that they would drop their, put their, you know, fruit in the water to rinse it off, and they don't know how it just became. Um, part of the soul fabric. Well, so my belief is if we start living these principles and more and more of us do it, it will automatically go out into the universe and become part of the moral fabric of the
1: universe. Definitely. Definitely. I want to get into the Ten Commandments and I want to ask you about each of them. And I know we don't have like more than 33 minutes left to our episode. So I want to do it in a way where we could comfortably discuss them in in a, in a in brief, but also I want to talk about the modern applications of each of them for our audience because I really find it fascinating how you did that. Um, going to the first first commandment. I well, basically, to ask you, I
0: think we just. Oh, go ahead. I think we just. We, I, I think we just did the
1: first. I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, let's get into the second commandment and how you arrived at modernizing it in in terms of what you how you would explain it to our modern age and, and that might be something I think would be very helpful for our audience.
0: Well, there's a reason this commandment is the second commandment. The first commandment is the spiritual connection to all of us, the one and the all. The second commandment is how we stay with the one and all and we don't get stuck in the universe and in the things that don 't honor our soul it 's the worship of false gods, the idols you know look at the television you 've got to show American Idol. You have sports stars who and actors and actresses who say they have all the answers um, and people worship them they 're you know material goods people kill for a steal a pair of shoes it's We are stuck we are addicted to things, and the everything earthly is that we acquire. You know How often do you buy something and then a a week later it didn't nourish your soul? We feed ourselves with things that are borrowed that we can't take with us. And this commandment is about recognizing that it's not about what we acquire, but it's what we give. It's about service and gratitude that really fills our soul. And this is really what keeps us evolving. If we get stuck in the things of the earth... That they they really um, it takes us off our path. That's why that's number two, and we can see it in everything. I mean, our whole universe is today caught up in marketing. Look at all the mm-hmm. advertisements. Everything's selling something for someone else to make money. That we think we have to have it, and we chase this, you know, like mice on a on a one of those wheels. And we, but we don't get anything for it. So my view is, it's about what can we simplify our life? What don't we need? I, a woman today, I was at a luncheon, and she said she's came come to the point. If she buys one thing, she has to get rid of five things.
1: I like that. <laughs> That's true. Because I think it's about, about, about all those material lessons. gadgets. Yeah. Well, and you think about lessons all the gadgets more. we have. Correct. And you think about, and I'm, I'm prone to this. I, I collect a lot of gadgets over my lifetime and uh, you, you know, we're a technological age and we all like the newest, the brightest, the brightest, the best, you know, the iPhone or Android device or your, your tablet, whatever it is. And now with all the, the advent of smart devices throughout your home, I feel like that's definitely something that is what it falls within this particular topic of this, of this area of your book and the second commandment. And also you can't take it with you. Once you die or once you cross over, all those material things are, are left. So what did, you bring, what did you really do with your time here? Um, and
0: that's it. We worship the wrong things. What's important is invisible to the eye. I mean, when you think of it, there's nothing more exciting to me than watching a, light, a, a good electrical storm, seeing a rainbow. So when you see them, they make you feel so good. I feel better looking at that. Than I do watching a movie, I mean, because at the end of the day it is nature it 's what we 're made of it 's the energy of the planet and and that 's as I said, I think there's a reason because all of us in our connection to one another is more important than anything that's of the material world. It keeps us stuck if you you know heaven is you know is here along with hell, and it 's when we get when we're chasing after things that don't nourish our soul it takes us away from being happy it takes us away from our purpose it takes us away from joy because it you know it doesn't it's not fulfilling
1: absolutely i um i also like when you reference here about your body and making sure that for example even the way you eat your dietary habits that you 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 make sure that you you know you you live and, and not make food such a priority in your life where you're obsessed with it, where you, you know, eat to live, not the other way around, eat in moderation. And mature. I'm a foodie,
0: and trust me, I'm a foodie, and I appreciate the the taste, the texture, you know, all these sensory experiences, and I, I love them. But again, you, they can't be such an obsession because their sacrifices made to bring that food on the table. But I appreciate the beauty and the creativity of people who create the food. So it's it's all about balance. It's all about, you know, taking everything. We're here to, we can experience, we can acquire wealth, but it's, it's a difference between the flow of wealth versus the hoarding of it um, for things you don't need.
1: Absolutely. You know,
0: it's, I mean, it's all about keeping energy moving and, because, and that's really in flow with the universe. and there's a, abundance is a good thing, but there's a difference between sharing an abundance and you know a river can flow, and people can drink all along the river. But if somebody dams the river, it dries up down the way, Unless, but the beavers have it right. they dam up, but everybody moves around the lake all the other animals and it, they create a natural village but humans tend to not create the village they create a lake they put a wall on it and it's mine and then everything dies up downstream you have to you know take what you need take what you need for your children and the next generation but once you have more than you can need you it's about giving back employ people bring more into the flow so that everybody benefits
1: definitely I wanted to look at the third commandment, do not misuse the name of God. And what I want to do is basically get to your interpretation of the third commandment with your metaphysical background. And I like the eclectic approach of that. And basically, how would you apply that to a modern interpretation of where we are right now?
0: I think this commandment is really about us taking responsibility for our own life. You know, we blame God for a lot of things. We go to war in the name of God. God was here to bring us together, not to divide and conquer us. So I think it's a question, it's to find the oneness in all of the teachings, regardless of, you know, what path you follow, and, you know, and take it. This is not about making us enemies. It's about coming together and individually, not blaming other people or God. You control your destiny. You take responsibility and you trust yourself to um, validate who you are. It's how we, and again, that's what it is. Come together and choose to be the best you can be. We're in partnership with God. We're here to co-create, but we are all one. And, you know, we're here to, you know, make the best world and if we use God and religions to fight and divide us, you know, obviously there are some religions that think, you know, their job is to kill everybody else. That's not balance either. We, there is a right to defend, but it's really about, you know, uh, taking responsibility for your life um, and doing and being a peacemaker and going out there to bring people together. And
1: I would say the one thing I would add to that is being able to have exercise love and forgiveness even for your own what you call your own enemies or people you don't get along with.
0: Forgiveness is a key. Oh, yeah. Forgiveness and is a very big, forgive yourself and forgive each other. Because, you know, when you take responsibility for something, you say, okay, I learned my lesson. I'm going to forgive and I'm not going to make this this same mistake. And what we want to call God for is to, to help us create. We can take God's name in and in partnership to do good things. That's where we want to invoke source universe, you know, and we, yeah, you know, we need to tend to the garden too. Obviously, you know, everything you want to know can be found in nature. And if you let the weeds grow in the garden, the food isn't going to grow, but you have to find the balance.
1: Absolutely. I want to go on. Because to we the have next enough
0: one. technology. To, yeah. Be, I was just going to say, our technology oh. today, it's too easy to destroy one another. So, again, we have a responsibility to take all the gifts we've been given and use them
1: wisely. Absolutely. And I was going to say that technology could destroy us in many ways, not just nuclear weapons. We have other things that could destroy our society as well, and it's scary. And we've got to remember to have our connections with one another to be the most sacred for what we try to do on this planet. And, and I think that's exactly correct in my interpretation. Going on to the fourth commandment, keep the Sabbath holy. I really like the way you lay this out in this chapter um, about spending time with family and having the bonds and um, basically inter- incorporating taking a step back and like you said, achieving the balance and the equilibrium with life. Um, it's all my about question.
0: Reflection and renewal.
1: Definitely. And the power of meditation, I think, is one of those things, prayerful meditation or meditation is one of those things I, I see that you tie into that, the renewal of the self. Would that be correct?
0: Absolutely. It's, you know, if you look at the, you know, in the biblical, you know, God created the world, took back and said, this is good. It's our time to, you know, turn off the phone, turn off the television, turn off step in, go inside because the answers to everything you need to know are inside of you. If you don't make the time and space to go inside of you, you're looking for answers in all the wrong places. So you, you reflect on your week. Just here's what was good. Here's what wasn't. You go inside, you find your answers. You make time for family to come together, sacred space, sacred time. And if, and prayer, if you go to a house of worship, The the validity of prayer, you know, the purpose of prayer is when people come together, the energy you put forth, again, it's an exponential. The power of 10 becomes the power of 100. Um, So now you can put, you can mastermind, you can put creative thought and have it, you know, multiply in the universe that whether it's praying for peace or praying for health or just praying for us to live our life's purpose, that message will go out into the universe that much greater. So that's all the benefits of the Sabbath, and and it's you have to take time for renewal.
1: And I would say one thing to add to that, and I like the way you laid it out on page forty-two, is disconnect from your distractions. Turn off the TV, your iPhone, your iPod. You know, connect with your family, your loved ones, your friends, those people that matter most in your life. But definitely disconnect. From those devices that could distract you, like for when you go out to eat and you have dinner in a restaurant, and you look around anywhere you go,
0: everybody's looking at the phone. Everybody's exactly, in
1: their exactly. And,
0: and this is it. And if you see how they all come down and they follow through, you know, we there's a pattern. You're coming down into from you know the higher purpose into. Um, you know, grace and service and then responsibility and forgiveness, reflection, renewal, and now we get to honor your father and your mother. Yes. That yeah. is the ultimate balance, the masculine and feminine everything, the cre- everything that came to create us. Um, it takes two. It's the yin and yang. It's, it's finding how, you know, that everything works in tandem, but it's also our parents teach us. You know, um, and it's you know initially we they teach us by fear, but it's really about finding the love, and so that we teach our own children how to be better. It's a two-way street between parent and teacher and student, respecting elders. But how you honor them is by being the best you can be and recognizing how you want your children to be, how you pay it forward to the next generation. And obviously not everybody was fortunate enough to have parents to honor. So you honor them by forgiving them and doing it right for the next generation, ba- breaking the bad pattern.
1: I think that's great. I, I like the way certain Asian societies revere their, their, um, their elders. elders. I wish, yes.
0: Well, they and, have a, it's the wisdom. You have to, the whole purpose of this is to recognize that life experience and time is wisdom, and and we're trying to pass the wisdom so you don't make the same mistake. But children teach, too. They're still so innocent that the elders should be able to learn from your children, too, and be reminded of the innocence of what we all are and try and Renew that innocence into our life again, everything has its t- is two sided. You have to look at it from the the opposite because the opposite is implied within every commandment. If it tells you yeah. to do something or to not to do, then you're told what not to do as well.
1: What I like when you just said to learn from our children, think about it. If you have a group of children in a room, whatever age that would be, most of those children will have prejudices they don't look at color, they don 't look at creed distinguish one from the other, they would play with each other, it wouldn't matter. And I think that that's that innocence that I think we need to reconnect with is putting personal judgment and any prejudices aside and understanding that we're all part of that as we said before we got on the show, part of that one fabric. Part of that that collective whole. And um It's
0: remembering we come we all come here as bowls of light and children are that bowl of light. And rocks get thrown into our bowl of light. Our goal is we go through and live our life, whether it's u- in using the Ten Commandments, is keeping the rocks out of the ball so that our light shines
1: through. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's go on to number six: Do not kill. What is your interpretation of this commandment in terms of its application to our modern times?
0: We have to look at killing as as energy. We got words kill. We kill people's dreams. We kill people's spirits. Um, it's just it's honoring it's honoring life and honoring each other's life so it's promoting creativity it's nurturing our souls our bodies and being careful words have consequences thoughts have consequences so it's about living mindfully but also if you're not to kill we're here to create we're here to find beauty in everything and the kabbalah spirit for do not kill is beauty so it's about tapping your creative energy, whatever it is. This is where you find your passion. This is as you go from the first five commandments to the second five into the day-to-day world. This is about encouraging your passion and the passion in each other instead of destroying because you're negative. This is about putting positive thought out in everything you do. I love that.
1: Well, and also the, the, the seek balance and harmony and peace. Taking anything negative yeah. that's that's out there and and, and trying to re- redirect it, I think um, is one of the things I got from looking at this as well. And I think that's that's very well said. Um, plant a and garden.
0: Like, Look at everything as a garden. This is where you plant your seeds.
1: I like that, and definitely words do have power. Very important in how you speak, how you carry your words, and. And I think the positive reinforcement and being able to, I think also, you know, speaking positively to others where you can, that's like that pay it forward, but in the vocal sense. But uh, I definitely compliment
0: like that. Make, yeah, and construct, you know, people need to be learned. It's learning how to be, when you give constructive criticism, how to do it kindly. How to, so that people say, you know what, you are doing a great job. How about trying this? And, I mean, we're all guilty. I, to me, we're all practicing because none of us, will, you know, in our lifetime are going to be perfect and get it right. Everything exactly. is a practice. You practice a religion. You practice uh, medicine. You practice a, because we're working to be the best we can be, recognizing our human nature is flawed, but we're and we're always improving.
1: Well, not only that, pencils have erasers for a reason, right? So if you make a mistake, yes, you yes. should be able to – Move beyond it <laughs> and correct it. And
0: again, back to forgiving yourself for making the mistake and owning them. You know, and, that, exactly. and it's okay because everybody, nobody's perfect. And, you know, and, but we want to encourage this is nurture is a big part of this commandment.
1: I love that. Nurturing oneself and nurturing others. That's great. Right. Number seven, do not commit adultery traditionally you always think don't you know don't cheat on your partner don't commit uh sexual relations outside of matrimony those kind of things but i like the way you tied it in here and i wanted to see if you could share your interpretation in in its modern in in its modern sense with our audience
0: i look at it in terms of our commitments and promises we make to ourselves and others, that we try to honor them, we choose what we do carefully and, and we try and create follow through. Because it's about trust building. You can't have relationships with people if we aren't true to ourselves and you know and honor our commitment to ourselves and to each other. This is how we can rely and grow as a society you know, when we, you know, when we follow through. And and therefore, we have to have discernment. We have to, you know, look at the people we want to trust and build relationships with it. But it's all about relationship building. And, you know, yes, there's some energetic um, basis for why there was marriages stay pure. You didn't go outside the relationship because there is energy. You do exchange energy and that energy goes with you. Um, so, but it's really beyond it. It's more on a metaphysical level as well. It's how to have self, you know, self-respect. I wrote in the book implies self-restraint. It's about learning to, you know, not give yourself permission to do everything that just because I changed my mind is, is this really being true to myself? It's about honoring ourselves and each other. You want intimacy. You can't create intimacy with people. If you, if you can't trust yourself.
1: Definitely. And following through with your commitments is one of the things that I like that you.
0: And that's really, well, the Kabbalah word for this is victory. And I think that it's courage, courage to follow through. It takes, you know, and and that to me is, it's a courageous act to say, okay, I'm going to make this happen, even though you might be fearful of the success. This is conquering fear because a lot of our commitments aren't made because we're afraid not only of failure, but afraid of success.
1: Absolutely. And, um, looking at it too, I think when you think about the things that you commit to and the people that you commit to letting someone down, I think that that would violate this as well based on.
0: Absolutely. I mean, look at it. how many people make promises to their children and then don't follow through, and the and the look of disappointment. That, I mean, so you build a sense of lack of trust of people as they go forward. I mean, and so the promises you make, even though they're small. They, they have a cumulative effect, and to me, this commandment is about learning how to take seriously what you tell people you're going to do and what you tell yourself you're going to do. We let ourselves down when we say, oh, I'm going to do this, so, but, you know, self-discipline, and then you don't do it all. It's okay. You can forgive yourself, but the next day say, okay, this time I'm going to do it, and have the courage of conviction to follow through, because you'll feel better about yourself.
1: Absolutely. That's true, and you'll feel you'll feel like you've completed something that not everyone can do. You know, and and being able to honor your word, I think that's so pivotal for sure. I'd like to look at "Do not steal," the eighth commandment, and once again, I, I looking mean, at this one. Good.
0: This one, our planet right now, it's you know, but stealing isn't. You know, everybody says, "Well, I I wouldn't take money or what," but we steal. People steal people's ideas all the time and don't give them credit for it. I mean, stealing occurs plagiarism. I mean, there's so many ways we steal. But right now, when we take more than we need um, and and therefore prevent other people from being able to have in within the balance of the universe, that's why we're so disconnected right now because the greed and ego in this that is, Plaguing this planet right now because of you know petty theft pales in comparison. We are under attack from everybody violating this commandment because there's not enough. There's this planet has enough to go round, but if it's hoarded, you're you're taking it from other people. But we're also taking it from the next generation. The destruction we are doing from on the planet, we are. Stealing the next generation's opportunity to evolve in this lifetime. You know, yeah. We, you know, so it's just, it's the future. It's our planet. It's, it's everything we're doing. Energy has to be able to flow and keep growing. And we're, you, you need to have resources regenerate. And we're destroying the planet in so many ways. So I uh, think I on think- so many levels.
1: I think this is one of the places in the book where you discuss pollution and how we're destroying the planet itself through just our inability to act as proper stewards of the planet. And I really definitely agree with that. And just the poisoning of our oceans. And when you look at those things from an environmental basis,
0: it's just it's all about because this this is supposed to be about in in Hebrew, the word for justice and the word for charity are the same word. Um, the same root. It's T Z E D E K, SODIC. And it really is. This is about again, you know, the balance of the scales of justice. You make sure that there's a fair exchange in everything we do. It's got to be value added. Needs to be fair in both directions. And when you and when you, there isn't this fair exchange, we get out of balance. And right now, there isn't, you know what people make in relationship to wages versus what they do, you know, it makes no sense. It isn't value added. People are taking out huge sums of money um, without putting any value in because they find a way to bundle it and take it out, and they're not improving it. Or, you know, they've got people who validate and say, oh, you can get paid this job, even though, You know, Somebody else is really the one who's building the product, and they're getting paid peanuts. I'm married to a farmer. I can tell you, farmers, they buy retail, sell wholesale, and they make very little money um, for the effort they do. And yet, we all need food to survive.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to touch on the last two since we're getting short on time. But uh, number nine, do not bear false witness against your neighbor. What would you say would be your modern interpretation of this and how, it's, how it would bear relevance in our modern age?
0: Um, first of all, go find truth on the Internet today. We, all this fake, <laughs> nobody knows what's true anymore. Um, true. So it's about, but it's about gossip. It's how we destroy people by saying things. The kids on social media today, when they put something out about one of the kids at school, the, bu- the cyberbullying, all these things, knowing they aren't true and the ramifications. There are kids who commit suicide because people have said things about them that aren't true. So, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's about integrity and truth. It's about the foundation of everything is based on being honest with yourself, honest with each other and being kind and recognizing it's how you're honest. You do it with kindness, but if you can't rely on what people tell you, you can't make good decisions. We're only as good as the knowledge we have. And today, you know, to discern what truth is is so hard. And, you know, people want to know they can rely on what you tell them.
1: Definitely. You carry your your reputation and and your truthfulness. Those go hand in hand. And if you can't commit to that, you know, it, it's, it's definitely all about a terrible thing. Absolutely. And
0: we live in a world where, and integrity matters. Integrity is much more important than loyalty. And I've been tested in my life, and I always choose integrity over loyalty. And the problem we see, particularly in government, people want loyalty over integrity. And once that happens, the, you know, our our moral system collapses. The foundation of Everything is built on truth and honesty, and then the last commandment is really about we 're all here for our own journey. do not govern your neighbor 's belonging it 's about yeah. finding contentment and joy in your own life you can 't and in your own and protect and again in your own community. everything is come together to live your journey the best you can be and not worrying about what someone else is doing, but if you know that you're living in integrity and someone else is living in integrity and living their life. Then you come together to build a community based upon everybody wanting the best for each other.
1: Absolutely. I was going to say, I I love the way that you took the 10 commandments and you put all the other, I would call it an eclectic approach, but incorporating as much of the whole of, of comparatively addressing the other concepts that we all look at in our society and, and spirituality. I like, I like the way it's it's, it's tied together and married together. I, I really do. Um, I think being able to take these concepts and mo- I'm calling it modernizing it, but the reality is you're taking it and you're, and you're putting it in application of where we are now. So people can under millennials or any gen Xers or even baby boomers can understand these concepts on a, on a basic level that I think is, is very real for them. And that's what I like about your book. I really enjoy, I enjoy it a lot. I think it's great. Uh, I want to ask you about your cover. Did, did you, did you paint the cover picture itself? And what was your I motivation did. behind that?
0: I did. Well, you know, the 10 commandments, obviously I was looking for a tablet, but my overview has that Kabbalah scene and the tree of life. You have the top half of the tree in the depiction of, and for the listeners, it's like a ladder and it has spheres. It's really chakras for those who are into, yeah, the chakras. Our body is a tree of life, you know. So,
1: wow.
0: and the lower, and then in the tree, you have the five, top five sphere out and then the bottom five. And I took the tree of life and divided it in half and put the top five on the first side, the bottom five, the the drawing on the left side for the correlation. But inside of each if you look at the left half, there's a little Jewish star, very subtly, that is contained in the tree of life if you connect the, the dots and or the sphere out. On the bottom, if you draw, there's a cross. So I said, isn't it interesting that within the tree of life, the star of David and the cross also reside? We're all one. Wow. And, and, the, and since the tree of life itself is the metaphysical depiction of the universe. So there you get your New Age, you get your Judeo Christian, and all religions, uh, the Eastern religions, um, the Koran, they really all have their version of the Ten Commandments in them, if you if you study them. They're there.
1: What I think we spend and too the much doing. Rule. No, I'm sorry, Dr. What I was gonna say is what and I think as a society rule. and the Golden World, of course. What I think we do too much as a society is we look at our differences, especially when it comes to religion. And I like that you're able to take the similarities between all the faiths and the new age, as well as uh, just, it's great. I, I really do think that our audience should definitely check out your book.
0: DeniseAlexanderPyle.com. Pyle, P-Y-L-E, for those, um, you know, for the spelling. It's like Gomer Pyle. All one word. The book is on Amazon. It's on Kindle Books. um, And it's Balboa Press. But my website takes you right to the Balboa Press. But Amazon, obviously, is an easy way to go. But I've been blogging on my website. So I invite people to come because I, and not only are some of these interviews that I've been doing on the website, but I put out some interesting spiritual, metaphysical thoughts that I put out. There are a couple recent articles that I think just, Tie in this whole universal theme, you know obviously there is evil out there, but it's how we make it go away is by living love and having dialogue, having education, and recognizing there are some people who we aren't going to be changing, and you know that in this lifetime, but um, if we can illuminate it, you know hopefully there will be a solution how we deal with. You know, some things that are where the weeds have overtaken the garden. You know, there's, but hopefully Mother Nature will do that for us.
1: I agree with what you just said. I appreciate the fact that you came on our show to share your information with us. And I can't tell you how much of an honor it was to have you on as our guest tonight. And I, I, I'll share your website on my, on my link so my audience can learn more about what you're referring to. And um, I deeply uh, just want to say thank you for coming on our show.
0: Thank you for having me on your show. I mean, we talked about the book, you know, and we had a great conversation earlier that, you know, in terms of the metaphysical connection that I wish, you know, some of the viewers, uh, listeners could have heard. But it really is, we are all one, and this is about how we come together as, you know, um, each of us becoming more self-reliant, creative, giving, and compassionate, but so that we can take care of one another and our planet, instead of enjoying it, in alignment with the laws of the universe. But it's we, but we'll be joyful and more contented and have a better life if we do. I mean, we're here to really, you know, evolve, and there's no reason we can't if we see how we're all connected together.
1: I agree a hundred percent. What I like the best about this message that you're you're having intertwined in your book is that it's it's possible to change, and we're all possible for growth and self-enrichment, and looking at it from that approach, you know, we can change as a society and we can be arsonists, as you call it, uh, to help bring light to the darkness and, and to make true change in society over time.
0: Yeah, it's it's all balance. We all reflect both the good and the bad. It's how we choose to stay in the light. That's the choice we are given as human beings. It's to choose good over evil wherever we can, light over dark. And this is and these are the rules for helping us choose light.
1: Definitely, definitely. Well, we're definitely uh, low on time, but I want to thank you again, Denise. Thank you so much. I will share your information through my social media. So my audience can learn more about your posts on your blog and just learn more about you. And I, I just think your your own record, being an attorney, um, your your service to the community, uh, doing this particular literary work, is, and and also, you know, your service to families and victims of child abuse, as not something I brought up earlier. But I, I just think that your public service, your civic duty, and your, your background just really speaks tremendously to your ability to tie all this and live you 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 live what you're describing in your book and 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 we we appreciate that
0: i try to none of us are perfect i but i work at it some you know and and this is doing this makes me a better uh more aware myself i'm living better by writing this book and sharing the message
1: absolutely well thank you so much uh we're going to wrap that up, but thank you. And if you ever have anything else that you want to come on our show about, you're always welcome to to appear as our guest.
0: Thank you so much. I would love to appear again. I'm working on some other books and we can talk about um, different aspects of how our journey on this planet evolves in the future.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much. Have a great night.
0: Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: I just want to thank our audience for, uh, the second, you know, for this episode this evening. And I really do appreciate having Denise Alexander pile on her books called the power of 10, a guide to living the 10 commandments and the golden rule in modern times. It is a great read. Um, I think one of the most important things we can leave this episode with is that we're all messengers in our own way. We all have a message that we seek to share. Uh, One of the things we can try to do is live our best uh, version of ourselves or at least strive to attain to that. There are going to be things that happen in our lives that might set us back or cause us to become insecure for a short period of time. I would tell you that definitely the fortitude within yourself, believe in yourself, take all these type of ideas and understand that when it comes to who we are, we're all on a path. And over time, The things that we get bothered with become less important. And the true message I believe is striving to achieve abundance within ourselves and balance. And being able to connect all those things together through our daily interactions. We're not gonna have a perfect day every day. We're not gonna have the best versions of ourselves every day. We do make mistakes in our lives, but learning from those mistakes and moving forward, forgiving yourself—those are those are things I think that are very critical um, for where we are and what we're doing. I I enjoy the idea of taking something like the Ten Commandments and applying it to our daily lives in our modern era, and that's one of the things that I found very intriguing. And and I I just appreciate that Denise created this literary work to intertwine that herself. And as I said, while well, She was still on the show. She's lived the example that she's discussed. And um, for each of you, thank you so much for supporting the show. It's deeply appreciated. If you have any questions about this episode or any of the episodes that we have, you could always email me directly at info at the letter D, radio.com. And uh, of course, we have our social media. Feel free to check out our website, www.theletterd.com socialpsychicradio.com we have information i just recently updated the site to include information about our past and future guests i just want to thank everyone for being supportive of the show have a great night
0: thank you for listening to this episode of the social psychic radio show don't forget to join us for another episode next time if you enjoyed the show we'd love for you to subscribe rate and give us a review on itunes You can also check us out on Facebook and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace
1: your paradigms and know that the universe is always yours to explore.
0: my IG which is Ozzy underscore Sarah underscore LA.